Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Welcome to National Football Show. It's your boy, Dan Silvio. What a very interesting football Monday. Right? Oh, okay. By the way. This just in as we start the show here on January 10th, okay? And we get ready for the postseason this week, okay? The Eagles won the divorce when it came to Carson Wentz. You guys are right. There is no mistaking about it, okay? What I saw Carson Wentz do over the weekend versus a two-win Jacksonville Jaguar team, I don't give a shit if it's, if it's on Mars. You've got to win that ball game, son. When you're calling yourself a franchise quarterback, when the Indianapolis Colts trade you because they believe that you are a franchise quarterback, you have got to win games like that. My opinion, that was the biggest game in Carson Wentz's NFL history career. That was the biggest game. In the history of his career, that was the biggest game. He had to win that ball game, and he couldn't get it done. Opened the floodgates for other teams. Pittsburgh, with their backbone, okay, they end up making it. The 49ers, with their backbone, they end up making it. The Eagles, with their backbone, they end up making it too. Son, I will never in a million years ever say anything positive about Carson Wentz ever again. You guys want a divorce. Absolutely plain and simple. You won the divorce, man. That guy had to win that game. I kept tweeting that out at Dan Cilio show. He had to win that fucking game. Win that game. Couldn't do it. No way. If you're Indianapolis and you're Chris Ballard, the GM, and you're Ursay, you're Frank Reich, you're doing this, man. We had Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, in my opinion, beats the Jaguars in Jacksonville. They win 11 ball games. All right, enough of that. We'll talk a little more about that. By the way, guys, you were right. Please do me a favor. Hit the like button. Sensational. Gary Cobb won't be with us in the first hour. He'll be with us in the second hour. There's a lot of people, obviously, talking about the Eagles. Look, I'm not going to get too much into the Eagles scenario, okay? Okay? They're not... They're not, I'm not going to get into that game because you guys sat your starters. A lot of twos and threes were playing in that game on Saturday night. So we're going to kind of like skip it across the top of a lake, and we're going to talk about Buccaneers and Eagles. We'll talk a little bit more about Jalen, about the 2021 regular season, a little more about Carson Wentz. By, by the way, one more time, guys. You guys, you guys won the argument. It was time to get off him. Jalen Hurts is a playoff quarterback now. Jalen Hurts in his first year has proven his mettle. 
I'm going to get into a conversation here over the next couple minutes here on whether or not he can change one thing, one thing that maybe will change the minds of everyone on how they perceive him. Okay, one more time, guys. Please do me a favor. Hit the like button. Look, I know you guys are posting now, but here, follow me here. Jalen Hurts has a game against the GOAT this weekend. He's going to be playing against Tom Brady. Wow. You get a chance to play against the greatest football player, arguably, in the history of the National Football League. You get a chance to play versus the greatest quarterback and the most recognized quarterback, the most accomplished quarterback in NFL history. People in the media love to put these two together, right? Quarterback versus quarterback. We all know it's team versus team. Quarterback gets all the praise, and he gets all the heat. Look at some of the quarterbacks that have ended up throwing away a good season. A Baker Mayfield. Justin Herbert failing in that Raider game. What is, what, what is the one narrative, though? That Jalen Hurts has not been able to shake. What has been that one narrative? He lost his job in Alabama because Nick Saban thought he couldn't win the big one. Nick Saban thought Tua Tugaviola could win the big one, not Jalen. And that has always delegated him to being what? A guy who lost his job and had to go somewhere else to build his reputation up, went to Oklahoma, ends up becoming a finalist for the Heisman, ends up putting his team in the Final Four. We'll talk about the national championship game tonight. He's never been able to shake that. That's why he went in the second round. Many people still look at Jalen Hurts and do this. And we always pump the brakes on him. Why? Because there's a narrative out there that Saban thought he couldn't win the big one. This week, he can change that. This week, Jalen Hurts can change a narrative that people have had about him since he was at Bama that he couldn't win the big one. He is going to be evaluated more so, in my opinion, maybe outside of Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers can't lose another NFC championship game. Home field advantage, best record in the NFC. You can't let that go. You can't do that three years in a row and people not do this. Well, dude, I got it. You won one, but I mean, look at the other ones. You just absolutely laid an egg in. Jalen Hurts can change how people see him this week. You're playing against the GOAT. You're playing against the narrative. Eagle fans, Eagle organizational people like Howie Roseman, the owner, will look at you different come Sunday night, no matter what the result is. If you win, 
if you lose, if you put up a tremendous performance, if you lay an egg, if this guy beats Brady, you'll forget Alabama. You'll forget what happened to him there. You'll forget it. These are moments in people's careers where you change a narrative on how people see you, how people perceive you. You rarely get a mulligan. How many times have we labeled people, this guy's a rebounder? This guy here's just a shooter. Greg says he'll look at himself differently. That's proof. He hasn't experienced yet. He will. Guys, when you start winning and you start having success, you look at yourself differently. You no longer look at yourself as Clark Kent. You see yourself as Superman. This is a fact. This is a week where you could change all that. All right, guys, I'm going to start. As you know, what we do is I got a whole boatload of stuff. As I said, Gary Cobb's in hour number two, so first hour, it's all of us here. You guys add in. I read it. We sit around. We debate back and forth, and we just go from there. This is a big week. It's playoff week. It's Buccaneer Eagles week down at Raymond James. Let's go play 60. Lawrence says, I hope Miles is playing. Let me tell you something. Broken hand, he's playing. Put Slay on Evans, double Gronk, pressure the goat. It's not something kind of, that's not kind of something that Jonathan Gannon does, is it? Put a lot of pressure. If Gannon comes out and plays the same defense the last time, honestly, could be absolute misery. Could be. Smiles says, come on, big sales. This is TV week. Leroy Selman has to go. Okay, tomorrow that won't be there. Tomorrow that won't be there. Backyard says, let's go fuck the Bucks up. Antonio, Dan, you think the Eagles will run heavy? Absolutely. I think that's the only chance that they have against this Buck team. You got to keep Brady on the sidelines, man. Okay? Absolutely, Chris. I take that 17 tape out. How'd you beat the GOAT the last time? Ran the ball, ran the ball, beat him up at the line of scrimmage. He turned it into a physical game. By the way, just so you guys know, I'll bury the lead on another story right out of the gate. I think the 49ers are going to kick the shit out of the Cowboys this coming weekend. I think the 49ers are playing better football. They're bully football also. Michael says, who do the Colts play next week? Yeah, there's a foursome somewhere down in South Florida. Tone says front four pressure's a must. Okay? Make no mistake about it here. I'm I'm hey, Philiopolis, I'll tell you the difference, though, between the 49ers and the Eagles. The 49ers run the ball not with a quarterback who's part of the running game. So it's different. It's a different approach. I thought Garoppolo was great when he had to be. I really did. That 49er team does not rely on the quarterback to run the ball. 
That's what makes them more of a frightening team, more of a bully of a team. They line up with running backs and beat you. The quarterback's not part of the running attack. He's part of the passing attack, which makes it a little bit more difficult to defend. It would not shock me if the 49ers make it all the way to the NFC Championship game. Chris says, bully ball the rest of the way. William says, you have to hit Brady. Make him uncomfortable. Move him off his point, like Monty Kiffin used to tell me. Move him off his point. Move him around in the pocket. You may not get to him, but don't let him sit back there in a seven-step and just pick you apart back there with those very predictable coverages that Jonathan Gannon throws at you. Hey, Dante, Debo Samuel is an absolute freaking unbelievable football player. That kid, 19, is some special football player. I had to look up where he went to college. He went to South Carolina. I can't believe it. He is some ball player. That Samuel kid can play. They've got a bunch of stars all over that football field, man. I don't even think Trent Williams played in that game, too. They are dominant, man. Javon Hardgrave and Fletcher Cox have to push Brady's face. Absolutely, man. Inside pressure is the one thing that always distracts Brady. Not perimeter pressure. Inside pressure. He loves to see the field. If you know anything about what you've watched with Tom Brady, he loves the slot. He loves the slot in the seam. Gronk up the seam, block and release, and he loves the slot. Welker, Amendola, Edelman, guys like that. He's not really a perimeter guy. They've kind of turned Mike Evans more into a possession wideout than, say, a deep threat. Goodwin was their deep threat. Michael says, Samuel, his first year finally being healthy, and he balled. Dude, he is some football player. Benjamin says, D-E-D-T stunts. Here's the thing with that, Benjamin. Don't waste your time. Get your hands up. You've got to get in Brady's vision. When you're running games like that in the middle there, Brady's too efficient. One, two, three, throw. One, two, three, throw. One, two, three, throw. Those games take more time inside there. You're going to have to either bring blitz pressure or you're going to have to have guys handle that offensive line. That's going to be the key in the game. The key in the game is going to be stopping the Buccaneers' run offense. If the Eagles stop that run offense, the Eagles will win the ball game. You're going to keep Brady on the sidelines. You're going to wear clock out. No turnovers. Don't throw the fucking ball 37 times. If, if, if Jalen Hurts throws the ball 37 times, the Eagles get killed by 21 points. Can't have it. Greg says Eagle fans will flood that stadium. Oh, absolutely, bro. Every time I covered an Eagle game or a Flyers game in Tampa, you will be shocked how many Philadelphia sports fans live in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, St. Petersburg. Sarasota, Tampa, even out towards Orlando. Philadelphia fans are all over the joint down there. Lawrence says gap blitz will be key, but Gannon won't do it. You can't let Leonard Fournette get loose. Just can't. 
Five-man front eight gap pressure, bump and run coverage. Benjamin, they're banged up out there on the perimeter too, which will help. Ah, Akhtar says, who are you rooting for? Who do you think I'm rooting for? Who do you think I'm rooting for? Who do you think Big Sills is rooting for? Who do you think I'm rooting for? I, honestly, ask me. Who do you think I'm rooting for? Okay. The Bucks. Chris says he thinks I'm rooting for the Bucks. Really? I'm not rooting for the Bucks. I'm rooting for the Eagles. You know why? We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Okay? We're all in this together. It's going to be a great football game. I'm rooting for a great football game. Hey, guys, know this. I'll always be a Buccaneer. I'll always be a Buck. But my loyalty is to the University of Miami. Okay? My loyalty is to the University of Miami. It will always be to the University of Miami. No pro team. Nothing like that. The University of Miami. Birdman goes, if the Eagles win, your show will grow. Of course. Guys, know this. I am a hurricane. I played for the Bucks. <laughs> Anyone? Hey, bro. Wait a minute. One of the greatest football players in the history and my idol, Leroy Selman, signed a jersey, and that's my Buck helmet. Absolutely, man. Always, man. No, no, no. <laughs> you got me wrong, guys. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a hurricane. Oh, hey, so maybe what I should do is maybe I should take the jersey down and put the hurricane helmet up this week. Is that Okay, all right, all right. Rasul Robinson, kiss ass, Mike. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, but guys, do you agree with me when I say this? Jalen Hurts has a chance this week to do this. Wow, he beat the GOAT. He beat the GOAT. He beat the GOAT. Big fish, little boat, those old school buck colors. Oh, dude, I wish you got, hey, you imagine if you guys came out with the Kelly Green. You Kelly Green this weekend, man. Would that not be awesome? You came out with that Kelly Green. Oh, man, I'd love to see that Kelly Green. Do you, Sills? You put in your work. Oh, I rep how I feel. Yep, I'm a hurricane, man. The throne to chance would be crazy. Would it not be? Jalen Hurts can change how everyone looks at him this week, how he handles himself, how he plays. You'll never look at him any differently. We ask Merrill Lynch about this. Tomorrow, Merrill Lynch is on at 4.30. Okay? By the way, the whole week is set. Okay? The whole week is set. Okay? Jake Glazer's on Thursday, too, by the way. Holy cow. Rasul Robinson and Merrill Lynch. Never <laughs> leave that down. Kelly Green. Rip Jerome Brown. Thank you, William. Alexander, all hands on deck. If you breathe, you're playing, except Rieger. <laughs> and that Whiteside kid, get him out of there, too. Thanks, Paul. Not Lynch. I know. 
It's a running joke. Thanks, Paul. I I, I know. Guys, clue our friend, clue our new friend in. Yes. Xander doing that work. We all work on this bad puppy together here. We all share. Smoke some more. Thank you. Thank you very much. If Heineke could beat the goat, so can Hurts. I'm I'm with you. Didn't Tyson Hill? Or who was the other guy? Who was that other stiff that they had in New Orleans beat uh Brady? Who was that stiff that beat him? The guy I believe he was I believe he was the Bronco quarterback at one time. Right? I think he was the Bronco guy. Joe Buck and Aikman are on the call for Bucks in Philly. Oh man, that's great. That's right, Lawrence. Saints beat the they beat the Bucks twice. That's right. Trevor Simeon, that's who the dude was. Trevor Simeon out-muscled the GOAT along with Heineke. Can you imagine that? This year, Brady – dude, I would totally be pimping that. Brady lost to Trevor Simeon, and he lost to Tyler Heineke. <laughs> Jalen Hurts has a chance. Jalen Hurts has a chance. What up, William? Okay. Hey, guys, can I make a statement here? And this is going to go down your um, Carson Wentz storyline. Oh, and by the way, you're all right. You're all right. That guy is a worm. And I would never want that guy as my starting quarterback. But can I make a um, statement? It may be um, revising history a little bit here. You guys don't win the Super Bowl if Carson Wentz is your quarterback. Foles won it. Wentz wouldn't have. I agree. I was talking to Xander prior to the show. He was a different quarterback, and he looked different before he got hurt at the Coliseum. He did. That was a different-looking dude. But you know what that meant? They didn't have the book on him yet. Nobody knew how to defend him. Nobody had that team. Nobody knew what his weaknesses and strengths were. Nobody knew that. He had a character flaw, which was that his metal could be melted in a frying pan anytime a critical situation came up. Nobody knew that yet. But then after that injury, adversity hit him. He's not very good at adversity. Carson Wentz is a front runner. When things are going great, Carson Wentz is a spectacular front runner. When things start to go sideways, just like he did against the Titans. That was the worst eight minutes of football until I saw the game against the Jags, which was 60 minutes of the worst football I've seen this year. I mean it. Guys, am I right when I say this? Wentz doesn't cross the finish line against New England. No way. No way. No way. That guy's just not built to win big games. Okay? Just different, man. Fresh Prince says, Wentz not the same mentally and physically. Ron says, if Wentz hadn't hurt his knee in L.A., we still would have won the Super Bowl. The injury changed him. Ron thinks the injury changed him. Can injuries change a player? Yeah, because you know what that would mean? How about this? That would go down the line of this. That means he doesn't want to get hit. That means he has a problem with wanting to get hit. Okay? All right, guys. Hey, listen. Because this week is going to be, without a doubt, one of the most 
intriguing weeks. We were supposed to get Gary in the second hour, but he's found time for us now. And he joins us here, Fox 29's Gary Cobb. And I got to tell you something, guys. Um, I know that we're going to look at this past game this past Saturday and go, okay, so the Eagles ended up playing a lot of twos and threes, but here we are, playoff week here. I mean, was it the right decision, Gary, in your opinion, for the Eagles to have sat all of the starters this past Saturday? You know, I I wanted them to uh, let Jalen get healthy. You know, I, I, I wanted them to, to get rested. I'd never seen it done in this level. Um, and I, I hope it is. I, 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 you know, I hope it is. But, you know, I, I can't say that um, I disagree with him because Jason Kelsey is a veteran player. I know he probably needed a break. But everybody, I mean, thing is, they had guys out there on the field. I never even heard. I'm going who are some of these kids? <laughs> Did they get kids off the street? You know, but I know they had, you know, a, a lot of kids because of the practice squad. Because, in fact, I was over there at one of the games. Before the game, I'm out there doing some uh, TV stuff. And there's a team out here practicing. Who, who, who? The practice squad. Everybody had all these practice squad guys. So every team had 40, 50 extra guys. And that's who played that game. That wasn't like backups and everything. No. And the thing was, the guys that were out there, you could see they were playing coverages that obviously they never worked on. Because there were people open all over the place. It, it, you know, it's a shame, you know, when you got you get down there in, uh, in the goal line. And you got guys that wide open. I'm going like they shouldn't even give that credit for touchdown passes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, Gary, they still did run the ball for 150 yards. If I'm the Cowboys, don't you come away with that going like this? And now you've got a matchup with the 49ers, and you just gave up 150 yards to dudes <laughs> that you were talking to me that could have been working at the airport later on that night. And here we are. You ran 150 on them? I don't know if I'm Dallas. I'm going like this. Hey, man, that ain't a good look. You, you know, you make a very good point because they did. They were they were running like it was, you know, the regular first team offense. And big holes and it, you know. And I'm going, if, if Dallas can't beat these guys, you know, and they struggled <laughs> in the first half. It was 17-17. I'm going like, if, if they can't beat these guys because – I don't know a lot of these kids. I, mean, I don't know. Who's the – who? Going like, who's number 40, you know, whatever. Yeah. Where did these kids come? Where did they get – you know, you know that they're, they're kids on the practice squad. And I, most of these kids, if they walked up to me, I wouldn't even know them. So, you know, I, it, it's uh, it's a type of thing where – that's the first time I've ever seen anything like that. But they were all there because of COVID and everything. And they had every team in the league had a, you know, a whole team of guys to play. And that's who, that's who played that game. That was, that was not the same team that, that's been playing through the season because most of these kids, like I said, I never even ever met a lot of those kids. So 
Absolutely, Gary. I mean, I was like, okay, so they're going to play their twos and threes. Gary, a game like this this week for Jalen Hurts, though, and I was just telling people this. You know that when you and I come out of college, there's always in the scouting department a tag that's put on you. For you, you always – I think the thing that always had that lumberyard on your shoulder, not, not a chip but a lumberyard, is because you were a later-round draft guy. That's that right. made you a 10-year-plus veteran because that drove you. And you know this. There's always – well, he's a late-round guy, you know. Yeah, but he's a 10-year guy. Okay, so, you know, he's – this week, Jalen Hurts has a chance to go against the GOAT, change that narrative that he couldn't win the big game at Alabama He's got so much this week. I'm not saying pressure, but people could look at him differently come Sunday night if he puts in a great performance and the Eagles put a great performance against the Buccaneers, don't you think? Uh, without a doubt. You know, uh, this is such a, a game for him. And, you know, he's been able to continue to improve. That's the thing we see with Jalen. And that's what you know that you're probably going to see for years He's always going to be getting better and better because he twisted his ankle. And in a way, it might have been a good thing because it slowed him down from taking off. He's standing in the pocket, looking downfield, got his head downfield. And I know he's working on it, but I think that he kind of progressed as a pocket passer because he twisted that ankle, he couldn't run as much. So now... He's focused on, look, I got to be in this pocket. I got to operate from the pocket. And he really did an excellent job in the, in the last game, you know, uh, when they were, they were beating Washington because he had guys right in his face and he's standing there delivering that ball. And that's what you do as a big-time quarterback. And, and really that is what, you know, he's got to be able to do. But now he's going to have that ankle fresh. And I saw Tampa. They were getting gassed. Yeah. By Carolina. So this is not the same Tampa team that won last year. And, and they they don't run the ball like they did last year. See, they're, they're a passing team now. And this is not the same squad that, that won it last year. So I, I think the Eagles could uh, really, you know, they, they're going to have to have some things happen. But they're going to make it a very close game because – they're going to run the ball on them. I think they're going to have success running the ball on them. And once you get have that happen, then, you know, you're eating up the clock. I mean, you can't score on offense if you're sitting over on the bench and the other team is out there. And I think that's what they're going to try to do. They're, they're going to let – they're going to try to put Tom over there, have him play as little as possible, and they're going to try to eat up that clock. And uh, they just got to – when they get down in the red zone, they got to be effective there. They got to execute, put the ball in the end zone, and once they start doing that, uh, this is going to be a tough game for Tampa Bay because they, they're just not playing their their top ball. They they've uh, they've lost some quality people, and then the, you know uh, some of the injuries have been to some of their better people. How about and this? They're Gary? not the same team they were early in the year. How about this, Gary? Do you think it comes down to this: the front four of the Eagles versus the offensive line of the Buccaneers, and who can cover Gronk? Because Gronkowski now seven catches over one thirty. You're starting yeah. to see him starting to get into playoff mode there. You know that he's going to be a central part, especially on the scene. Brady's a slot and seam passer. He's yep. not really a deep guy. Do they have the personnel, you think, to be able to slow that offense? Because, like you said, Gary, 
they're not as effective. And Fournette's a little banged up coming into the postseason this year. Yep. He was healthy going in last year because they got him, I think, a little bit into the season when they he got cut by Jacksonville. So it's a whole different unit. They're 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 banged up now because of the amount of time they played a year ago. You think those are the components for this Sunday? Oh yeah. I, I think I think those all those factors are going to play in. And they're gonna have trouble uh with Gronk because he's a tough matchup. You know, he's a tight end as big as he is, and and the routes that he's running down the seam, you know, you're gonna have the safeties down there. You know, there are not a lot of linebackers are gonna be running with him down that seam. So he's gonna be a touch, a tough uh, matchup. And also Mike Evans, of course, with his height. And the Eagles don't have, you know, a guy as big as he is to be matching up with him either. And, you know, Tom is such an accurate passer. That's the thing about him is he is an accurate passer. So uh, a lot of times with Mike Evans, I see him throw some passes to him when they're down in the red zone where you, my goodness, he's the only one can get to that ball because he throws it so high. And with Evans 6'5 and be able to have good uh, athleticism and his jumping ability, he throws it up so high that the corner has no shot at that ball. And even if the corner's right there, he throws it anyway. So, uh, but, but, but the thing that I like about uh, the Eagles at their, their situation is that Tampa Bay is leaking oil. They, they're, they're not healthy. And the two places where that could hurt them is with the Eagles running the ball on them and then them being able to get pressure up the gut because that's where Tom does not he does not like that kind of pressure. If you if you got uh, Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, they got to put pressure up that gut, and that's what they got to. They'll jump in a five man front to try to force Tampa into one on one blocking, so they can't double uh, Fletcher, and they're trying to get that pressure up the gut. Uh, but you got to get it. You got to get to Tom. He cannot. You cannot let him back there patting that ball. Or, you know, he's going to pick you apart. How about so, this? How about this too, Gary? I mean, yeah. Only, only the 49ers since Week Eight have a better record than the Eagles do. Eagles are seven and four, and over that time, and the 49ers are eight and three. And it's all been because of the way that Sirianni just went with what you said they had to do mm-hmm. was they had to have a come to Jesus conversation with the coaching staff and with the player personnel people and with everybody on being more of a bully-type football team. They've created a bully team. I say it's different than San Francisco, though, Gary, because you know this. San Francisco, their attack and running the ball is not built on their quarterback getting positive yards in the run game. He is a passing quarterback. That's right. So it's more on Jalen. So, again, that's why I think San Francisco may be more of a threat because they don't rely on the quarterback to get positive yards with his legs. How do you see them, again, as they get ready for the postseason, do you think they have their identity and know their identity right now? Situational play calling is going to be a factor in this game against Tom Brady. Like you said, you can't have three. The Eagles can't have three and outs in the passing game. They can afford three and outs in the run game, right? But they can't do it in the pass game. Stops the clock, field position, all that stuff. Oh, you're right. I mean, you, you, you hit it on the head because – They've got to establish and, and, and play the game that has been winning for them. And, and that's what it is. But you, you get that running game going and then, you, you know, do some play action pass off of that. But the running game is your bread and butter. That's what you have gotten here on. And you got, 
the, uh, a week, you've been able to get your backs healthy. You know, you want to have some healthy guys down there where they got that burst. They hit, they, they got that um, daylight. They're able to hit it and get that yardage and they're running hard. Uh, that's what they need to see because if they get the running game going, then Tampa. I think we've lost the audio there. Let's see if we can reconnect. But Gary's right on. He's right on with the fact that Tampa Bay is just not the same football team as a year ago. They're just not. There's more injuries. And I said this, and I know that Gary kind of was also going down that same line, was that Tampa Bay, because of the age on that football team, you're clearly seeing it this year. And with the amount of games that they played a year ago, it's taken its toll on the regular season on them, especially at the wideout positions and with their running backs. It's been an absolute factor in the fact that that football team was not able to really stay healthy. The, the I would say previously what people thought, bringing everybody back, let's roll it all back again. Well, the injuries on that football team were absolutely essential for them to try to repeat. I don't think they're the same team. I think that football team is going to have some issues. Make no mistake about it here. And, and and like you said, Gary, and you were finishing up saying that just Tampa Bay just doesn't look like the same team from a year ago because, again, age may be catching up a little bit with them. Yeah. And also the injuries, especially in the running game. And, you know, Tom, you know, Tom, uh, I, I love the way he's able to utilize a running game. That's really, really when he's at his best. When he's got that running game, man <sighs> – he utilizes so well because he has no problem handing the ball off. He wants to mix it up. He will not just get one dimensional, but they have almost had to because of the injuries to their running backs and uh, their inability to run the ball as effectively. But really when he's at his best is when they're able to run the ball on you because play action pass, man, he will, he will cut you to shreds with that play action pass. And he, He's not impatient, and so many quarterbacks can learn so much from him. Uh, in fact, Jalen can learn this. With hey, take the five. He has no problem taking five yards against right. you. Right. You know, he has no, you, you know what, Gary Brady has no problem with the punt. That's right. And the throwaway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those yep. are the two. I don't know why young quarterbacks struggle with the throwaway and the punt. Yeah. It's okay, man. You know, this is why you pay three different teams, special That's teams, right. offense, and defense. We're all professionals here, man. Yeah, it, it really does come down to this, doesn't it? It comes down to patience, you know, and not losing your poison. I think that's where a lot of the young quarterbacks in this game, they end up having issues and they struggle. Like this kid Burrow looks like he's a patient guy, and I think that's why they're turning it around in mm -hmm. Cincinnati is because he does have that poison patience there. That's a big key, especially when you're in a high-profile scenario like the playoffs. Hey, Dan, you, you're talking about – you just were talking about Carson Wentz. Come on, Carson. There's nothing there. What are you, why are you costing us this game? You're throwing the ball. The guy is covered. You can't throw that ball. Gary, I watched him on – I watched him, and I went like this. 
oh, my God, you had to win this game against the two-win Jacks team. Yeah. Now I see what everybody in Philly was talking about. Gary, you can't lose games like that, and you can't shit the bed like that, too. Come like on, that. you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't. Come on, man. You know, now all the other guys on the team, because really, the kid, uh, Jonathan Taylor, carried that team, man. He did. So, hey, they show up. They, they put whoever, how, how, I, you know, I didn't really see the game, but I figured it, they probably put a bunch of people in the box to stop this kid. Okay. So we, we we can't get one game out of you where you need to carry us. You know, you're supposed to be a franchise quarterback. You can't help us. You don't, you don't show up. Come on. I, I, I was, uh, I was just, I was shocked. I mean, I was shocked to see you let Jacksonville boot you out of the playoffs and dominated you. Yeah. Dominated Wasn't you. Wasn't it even was a close it. game. It was never close. Hey, real quick here, Doug Peterson, best landing spot for him. I know that he wants to coach again. He's been saying he wants to coach again. Mm. You know, Shea Khan is a really rich owner down in uh, down in Jacksonville. Yeah. Chicago job, obviously. The Raider job, my God almighty. I don't know if the special teams coach is not going to be named anyway. What a great job they I did know. by getting into the postseason. Denver's now open. Minnesota, they fire Spielman and uh, Mike Zimmer there. What do you think, where, where you think he may want to look at where would give him – you know this, if you don't have a quarterback, you can't win. Yeah, well, you know, there are a number of places there that you mentioned, you know, um, like, you know, they got they got quite a, they got quite a few players up in Minnesota. I mean, you know, it, yeah. they, they haven't been able to get by Green Bay. Um, but, but, you know, they've, they've been winning up there for a while. They just need – and they got a hell of a running back in Dalvin Cook there. That's I right. Mean, right. They got a they got great some. Running they have back. some good defensive players. You know they've got, um, you know, some good wideouts. They're both of their wideouts. They got wideouts right now. You can win with those wideouts they have. So th that's a place if somebody wants to wants to try to win now. They want to they want to win this next year. So I could see uh, there. You know, Tampa's. I mean, uh, uh, Chicago's going to be a. That's you know. You got to work. You got to develop the kid. You know, the, uh, you got a quarterback. You got to develop. Justin Fields. So, so you got to de develop him. Um, let's see some of the other places. Denver. You name. Denver. Um, Denver. You know, I you know I, I hear the talk about uh, Russell Wilson going there. You know, because it happened before where they had you know Peyton Manning come in there and they won. Because um, they got a pretty good defense. They just they just got to get that play at that quarterback position. So I could see. How about Miami now? Yeah, you know I I, I don't know uh, what what are they going to do in Miami? Are they going to stay with Tua? But see, here's the thing with this, Gary. Like you said, hey man, Miami sounds great when Don Shula was running the team. I yeah. mean, now you've got people that are firing a good coach, and Brian Flores and Stephen Ross is looking to change out these coaches now. Get this, they're in the coaching business now, yeah. changing out the Tony Sperano's, the Joe Philbins. They're yeah. on this carousel now. If you're Doug Peterson, do you want to go through something no, like that again? You don't want to be in a situation like that. So I I, I don't know that he um I, I don't know that he's gonna have that option to be able to, you know, say yes or no on those, but yep. I you don't want to go in a situation like that where you got an owner that's got a quick hand, you got people that are able to, you know, get you out of there right away because you know, it, it does take a number of years, you know, um, 
if you go to the right place, you know, two, two, three years, you can get the job done. So uh, I, I know that um, Jacksonville, I don't know about, you know, the owner, uh, but you got to have the people that they got to be able to draft well. See, you know, you got to be able to acquire the talent. And of course, you know, you got a young quarterback there. So I guess Jacksonville will probably be a place that might be a good place to go. Because you got because you have total now. control. You develop that quarterback, and you have total control. You would probably think, right? They get rid of Trent Balky, the GM. That's right. Um, and he would have more say because, to me, that Raider job, even with Mark Davis as the owner, mm-hmm. you got Derek Carr there, man. I mean, yeah, they they did some remarkable things. But i i have I have an issue with ownership. If the ownership is not strong from the top down, Gary, he he he. I'm sure he doesn't want to have to go through another Howie Roseman. And another owner scenario where you have to kiss their ass and make a part of your process every Sunday. Yeah, you know, you you uh, you would like to go in and and if you don't get it from the start, then then you wind up where you win a Super Bowl and you still, you know, basically uh, they don't even let you in the front office almost. You know, what I mean, come on, what yeah. what is going on? You you don't have anything to say about the players, and and you win a Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, he he probably is going to try to refrain, uh, refrain from going in that type of situation again. But I think that the Eagles have given <laughs> some of the other owners ideas. So now all of them are down there meddling. So you look up and, and you're down there uh, on the field. You look over there. Wait a minute. Uh, Mr. Such like, what are you doing down here? You know? <laughs> you know, you you don't need the owner down there, man. You know, you, you need to let him get a good GM. And and, st- and keep his nose out of it. You know, I, I think that that's what I see as the most successful way. But when you get an owner down there meddling, you know, I don't I don't know that uh, it's the best way to do it. Absolutely. Gary, thank you so much, brother. It's going to be a very interesting week. Buccaneers and Eagles. It's going to be great to watch this football game on Sunday. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate All it. All right. We'll see if they can shock the world. That's right, man. Let's go shock the world, man. Let's do it. Let's shock the world. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. We'll expand on what some of the things that Gary said. Listen, he said, you got to run the ball, man. And you have got to do the number one thing to Tom Brady that he underscored. You know what that was? We'll go back and talk a little bit about it. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good day, everyone. It's Joe Krause from the Jacob Media Network here at Neck of the Woods. Uh, So excited to introduce Krause's Coat Check, a cold IPA. It's just an incredible thing. I'm in my 18th year of Krause's Coats and with Brian's help and uh, Frank coming together here at Neck of the Woods. Krause's Coat Check, a cold IPA, was born on this day. We'll celebrate it on January 11th and everyone is invited to enjoy or to meet and experience the entire Jacob Media team and also experience Krause's Coat Check. A cold IPA. Gentlemen, a toast, I think, to you for producing Rousey's Coat Check here at Neck of the Woods. Cheers. Cheers. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Football show, Dan Can you imagine if you can change how people perceive you? With one week of your life, people see Jalen Hurts as an underachiever right now. Maybe an overachiever. Okay. Okay, maybe an overachiever. Yeah, it's more overachiever. Underachiever to me is Matthew Stafford. I guess that's a better comparison there. But can you can you imagine? You're Jalen. You beat the GOAT. You play great against the GOAT. It's a last possession game. You could change how people see you. And you could solidify this week. The most important thing moving forward for your career. You know what that is? Belief. Belief. Belief, right? You could change the entire look of how people see you. Shakur says, let's go, birds. Nunez says, I believe Hertz will be calm and poised. I do, too. I completely do. Man, but, hey, God, I'd love to have a week of my life where I'm on display against that dude. Like I told you guys before, when Patrick Mahomes lost to Tom Brady last year in the Super Bowl, Mahomes may get to more Super Bowls, but you're not going to play against that guy. Now, this year he may. I don't know yet. We'll see how it all rolls out. But Eli Manning and Nick Foles, those guys beat the GOAT. They'll always have that on their resume, and they'll always be perceived as a big-game dude. Eli Manning is not in the same – he's not in the same room with his brother as a quarterback. But when it comes to postseason play, he is. Judson says this is Jalen Hurts' time. Man, you got to look at it that way. You totally have to look at it that way. Dougie P with the Bears reunited with Foles. Shakur says Foles is our future. Blue-collar dude, he's a leader. Uh, Greg, I, I wish you'd go to them old greens, baby. God, I'd love to see that, man. Hey, guys, please hit that like button. You guys are great. Thank you so much, man. That first hour flew. I was so happy to see Gary Cobb find time in the first hour for us here. Tony says ball control, man. Pressure up the gut. You got it, baby. Those, Hey, Tony. Those two things are one, you win the game. 
Samuel says Eli is better than Peyton in the postseason. Well, he's got just as many Super Bowl championships, and I think he's got more Super Bowl MVPs. Big Chris says Tampa looks old. They do in some places. Run the ball. Hey, you know what? If I was Dallas, I'll say one thing one more time. Those Kelly Greens. Can you imagine seeing those guys come out in that Kelly Green against the Bucks? Oh, my God. That would be awesome. The Eagles wearing the Kelly Greens. Why doesn't Peyton coach? Because he's a billionaire, Lawrence. <laughs> Just keep the ball away from Brady. Absolutely. That's kind of where Gary was going. Ken goes Kelly Green, man. Hey, bring that statue to Tampa. Hey, watch this. Don't be shocked if you see a whole boatload of Eagle fans at Raymond James. I used to cover the Bucs, and every time the Eagles would play against the Buccaneers, man, that place was packed with Eagle fans. May have to kill the goat. <laughs> True says Kelly Greens would be a beautiful thing. Wouldn't that be be? Oh, my God, the play. Philadelphia would go crazy. They would go crazy. They, they come running out and know Seth Joyner, Kelly Greens. Was Randall Cunningham. Call. Oh, man, that would be freaking awesome. I love that old school stuff. Only if the Bucks wear the Crimsicles. I doubt they're going to wear. I think next year they're going to try putting those things on. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think this year they got it cleared. I know National Football League has to clear the uniforms that you wear. I don't know if the Eagles put that in there. Oh, hey Jeff, the Cowboys. I think are going to get bounced by the Niners. That Niner team is physical. Okay, that Niners, okay, Backyard Birds podcast, I'm learning about the Mummers. I, I'm, I'm learning about it. Xander's cluing me in. If we rush for 200 yards, we win 24-17. Nunez, not far off, bro. Not far off. Got to limit their touches. White jersey, black pants. <laughs> Dak, multiple turnovers. 49ers are going to beat that team up. You watch. I. There is no way I don't think the 49ers are not going to beat the Cowboys up. <laughs> I hope Eagles review Saints game plan against Brady. Worst loss in seven years. I think it goes back to 0-2 when he was shut out. They did a great job on him. Really, man, that was a hell of a job that they did on that on that Buccaneer offense. Nigel says Kelly Green in the playoffs would be epic. Oh, it would be, man. Dude, place would go ape shit if that happened. Make Flores our DC assistant as soon as possible. <laughs> I, I I don't think that Brian Flores is going to be out of work long. By the way, watch this. Maybe the best thing in the world for Brian Flores to have been fired in Miami. You know why? When you have shitty ownership like that, and they're making bad decisions, look at Ryan Tannehill. Do you know Ryan Tannehill is the number one seed in the AFC? He was the quarterback that the Dolphins threw out of town, said he sucked. And I'm not suggesting to you that that guy's Patrick Mahomes, but they are the number one seed. 
The Titans have the bye this week. Think of that. And for nine weeks, Derrick Henry, isn't this that crazy too? Derrick Henry finished ninth in rushing in the NFL, and he missed nine weeks. He finished ninth. He was in the top ten in rushing. <laughs> hey, man, that guy is a beast, man. Wow. So you finished ninth in NFL rushing, and you missed over half the season. Okay. Yeah, all right. Sounds right. What did you have? He had 1,000 yards almost after eight games. This guy was well on his way to breaking Eric Dickerson's 2105. Eight-game win streak. Dude, Yale, he, he, best thing happened. When you get away from crappy-ass owners and you get a chance, look at Bill Belichick. You know why he didn't want to coach the Jets? He knew that the Jets were a train wreck organization that that's where everyone goes to die as a head coach or quarterback. You get on that caravan and that carousel of loser coaches and quarterbacks in New York with the Jets. He wanted no part of that. That's why he pulled the ripcord and they did all those shenanigans to get his ass up to New England. He wanted no part of being part of that Woody Johnson New York Jets organization. He wanted no part of it. The job he always coveted was being the head coach of the Giants, but they gave the damn thing to Ray Hanley first. Then he got the, uh, I think it was reversed, though. They didn't give him a heads up. He took the Browns job. Then they gave the job to Ray Hanley. Eastside Monster says, Big Seals, who you got tonight? Dogs are tied. I, hey, I'm going with Alabama. Quarterback's too good. I think the game's closer, though. This will be a closer fist fight. Who's going to show you? One more time, guys. Okay? Okay, Ken, please. I got another hour of the show. I'd like not to throw up. Okay? Because I'll be seeing this throughout the rest of the program. Thank you. Okay? Who's going to show you again, folks? I know it's become regional now, but, hey, it's tougher to win the SEC championship than it is to win the national champion. I mean, look. Here are the two SEC title teams, once again, playing for the national title. Why do you think Jim Harbaugh wants to potentially go either to Chicago or to Miami, where Stephen Ross is a Michigan man, by the way, or to the Raiders? He realized after getting his face kicked in by Georgia that he knew he could not win. This year at Michigan was as good as it was ever going to get for him. He'll never beat one of those SEC teams. Why do you think Brian Kelly left Notre Dame? You don't leave Notre Dame. You don't leave those type of jobs. Notre Dame? You left Notre Dame for another gig. Usually you leave Notre Dame to go coach the Cowboys or the Packers or something like that. You don't leave to go coach LSU. But LSU threw a bag of money at him. All the resources, SEC football, exposure, talent. They realize all the rest of these things. You think Lincoln Riley, he pulled the ripcord on the Big 12 so he could go to the Pac-12 because he didn't want to be fourth fiddle to somebody in the SEC. He was never going to catch Saban. Come on, man. So I'll coach Southern Cal. Whatever, guy. You think Southern Cal, if they were in the SEC, 
Southern Cal would be Vanderbilt. <laughs> Kids don't go to Southern Cal any longer that live in the L.A. area. You know where they go? Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama, Florida, Tennessee, A&M, all them places. Oh, go to Southern Cal. Why? To play Oregon? Washington State? Fucking Utah? Who cares? Okay? Who cares? All right, let's hey, let's take a time out here. Please hit the like button. By the way, your draft choices are starting to roll into shape here for the Eagles. The April draft is looking sensational. I want to hit on that. Eagles and Buccaneers, we'll do that. Hour two, please hit the like button. You guys are great. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good day, everyone. It's Joe Krause from the Jacob Media Network here at Neck of the Woods. Uh, so excited to introduce Krause's Coat Check, a cold IPA. It's just an incredible thing. I'm in my 18th year of Krause's Coats and with Brian's help and uh, Frank coming together here at Neck of the Woods. Krause's Coat Check, a cold IPA, was born on this day. We'll celebrate it on January 11th, and everyone is invited to enjoy or to meet and experience the entire Jacob Media team, and also experience Krause's Coachet, a cold IPA. Gentlemen, a toast, I think, to you for producing Krause's Coachet here at Neck of the Woods. Cheers. Cheers. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
Hour two, National Football Show, Dan Silio. Chris, you know what's great about Big Sills? I've talked sports everywhere. Dallas, New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, um, Miami, Tampa, Atlanta. Works everywhere, dude. Works everywhere. You know why? At least, actually, I put a jock strap on. Probably like you did. Instead of some scribe that gets on the radio and pretends that he knows what he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? So it always works. No matter where I am, what side of the country I'm on. San Francisco. Yeah, you got to be a little bit more timid there because that's what they are. Snowflake City. But, right? Hey, by the way, speaking of a coach that's not a snowflake, how about this here? Mike Tomlin's in the playoffs again. 9-7-1. They were talking about whether or not maybe, not just Kevin Colbert stepping down, the general manager of the Steelers, he's going to retire. One of my dear friends, and I love him. He's been on the program too, by the way. They were talking about potentially Mike Tomlin. Maybe, you know, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, what does he do? With a broken-down quarterback, he puts his team in the postseason. Finishes the year 9-7-1. and one. Typical, typical Mike Tomlin. Dude's just a winner. Guy's just a winner. Alexander says, been there, done that, Big Sills. True, man. Love the show. Non-losing season for Tomlin. Jeremiah, he's such a great coach. Mike Tomlin today, Mike Tomlin tonight, Mike Tomlin anytime. He is such a phenomenal coach. And I pray he gets into broadcasting when he's done. Oh, Lawrence, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's a better coach than Bill Cowher. Trevor says, do I see Doug Peterson getting that Miami job? Why would he want to go to work for Stephen Ross? You've got to go to work for an owner that kind of has your back who's not going to pull the ripcord on you. You've got to have an organization with some type of stability. Look at all these jobs that are being open. The Raiders, do you trust Mark Davis? Kind of. Do you trust Stephen Ross? No. Do you trust Shade Khan in Jacksonville? Yeah. Do you trust the family in Minnesota? I do. That's a good gig. Okay. I'm looking at ownership here. The McCaskey family, what would they know what to do with a quarterback? They haven't had one since Sid Gilliam. Right? I mean, they haven't really had one. I'm sitting he's riding for the birds. I am going for the birds. Big Sills, Dougie P to the Vikings makes too much sense. Plus, they have a running game there with Dalvin Cook. They have some pieces on the other side when it comes to their defense. They could throw the ball. As much as you want to say about Kirk Cousins, I think Kirk Cousins was in the top five in passing this year. That guy did not have a bad year. The Minnesota Vikings are not in the predicament that they're in because of Kirk Cousins. He had actually a pretty damn good season this year. Okay? Samuel, probably. That's Mike Zimmer, though. That's who Mike Zimmer is. That's who Zimmer is. He's that kind of guy. 
That's how that works there. So, end of the day, in my opinion, okay, Dougie's going to have to look at ownership. He's going to have to look at what really is going to move the needle for him in case things go sideways. So if I'm Doug Peterson, I want ownership. Helps having Jefferson. Absolutely there, man. Absolutely. All right. Look at how the Eagle draft picks now are falling into place here. Look at this here. Eagles top three picks as of today on January 10th. Number 15 from the Miami Dolphins. Number 16 from the Colts. And you'll fall somewhere in between 19 and 32 with your very own pick. So if things fall into play, you're going to have three picks in the top 20 in the first round this coming April draft. That's awful impressive. You could trade both of these, split them up into future picks, maybe make those 16 and maybe 20-something a little bit higher next year or the year after. So, I mean, you've got an opportunity here. This will be your most important offseason. And it's all on the heels of going and playing against a GOAT this weekend, which is remarkable. Chris says no top 10, no top 10 right now, but you can trade yourself back into it. You have a 15, a 16, and anywhere between 19 and 32, that's your own pick. That's as of today. So that's where you are. And you're going to have nine other selections. Plus, like you said, Greg, enormous cap space. Enormous cap space. This is going to be one of the most important free agent periods. This is going to be one of the most important off-seasons for the Eagles because you're going to have a chance with a quarterback that's done remarkable things this year to write this thing and start to build. You could build the – if Jimmy Johnson had these draft choices, you're talking about potentially building a dynasty here. Kevin says, Dan, can you get a good linebacker at 15? I think this is a very deep draft. I love the kid Dean from Georgia. Guys, thank you very much, Lawrence, for reminding me. Please hit the like button, guys. Ken, you're saying you're going to lose to the GOAT? It would be 15, 16, 19, I believe. If it shakes out the way the prognosticators are saying, and that's uh, all you're saying here, that if the Buccaneers beat the Eagles, it could be as 15, 16, and 19 plus cap space plus the additional eight draft choices that you're going to have from rounds two down. That's a lot, man. Compensation picks are going to be part of this whole thing as well. We, we finally got the Jimmy Johnson name drop. Thank you. Thank you very much. You'll always get the name Jimmy Johnson name drop. He's the man that created dynasties. Eric says, hopefully more free agents will want to come to Philly this offseason. Given the success of this year, absolutely, Eric. Success is contagious. You see the money that's out there. By the way, 
one thing always remember this, Eric, money attracts free agents. You know, you don't sound like the Lakers. Well, we have Sunset Strip here, and, you know, we have Los Angeles. So L.A., you know, it's really fun here. Now, I, I want to win basketball games. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a shit about any of that. I want to win games. That's why LaMarcus Aldridge, when he was looking for a ball team, didn't want to go to L.A. because that's all they were talking to him about was Sunset Strip, being a Laker, other off-the-court things. He wanted to play ball. He didn't want to deal with any of that crap. And, and quite frankly, that's why I think Kyrie Irving also signed with the Clippers. He didn't want any of that other stuff. He just wanted to play basketball. That's right, William. Money talks, bullshit walks, man. People keep doing this. Well, he'll never want to play in Philly. Hoss, you put $35 million in front of me, I'll show you how anybody wants to play in Philadelphia. You put a $10 million contract per year in front of a player to come and play in Philly, I'll show you how that guy's mentality changes. You made the postseason, okay? Your quarterback's still developing fine, but you got a great old line. You're telling me you don't think the Philadelphia Eagle offensive line is an attracting thing for a potential running back, wide receiver. If you're going down the quarterback lane, you don't think that that's – I'll tell you what, the Eagle job or playing for the Eagles, if I'm an offensive player, is a lot more entertaining than me going and playing in New York with Joe Judge, who, by the way, so they're going to retain Joe Judge. Why? He's on a one-year leash. What assistant coaches are you going to get in New York to want to come and play with a lame duck coach? You see Daniel Jones turning that fucker around in New York? I don't. All these guys that you're kind of debating on whether or not to keep, uh, we'll keep Matt Rule. That's not really what they want to do. If you have that conversation where you have to think about keeping Matt Rule in Carolina or Joe Judge with the Giants, you're on a one-year deal. Assistant coaches are not going to move their families to New York or Carolina with a coach who's on a one-year deal. You think you're getting top-flight guys or free agents to go, that coach may be blown out. Why would I want to go there? Yale says 100% hurts is respected. Yale, the only thing I would say is this. If I'm a guy who is looking for 100 catches, Philly may not be your place. By the way, did you see those wide receivers? Guys, I want, I want you to do me a favor. If you get a chance to watch that game against the Rams, the 49ers and Rams, watch how the wide receivers for the Rams, okay, block versus the wide receivers for the 49ers block in the run game. And you'll see what the difference was in that game. Those 49er wideouts, Blocking down the field the way they did, they were killing. Jalen Ramsey had some. He was the only guy making plays back there in the run game. Jalen Ramsey was the only. The rest of those guys were getting fucked up. They were blowing those dudes up. And I'll say this, dude. That 49er team is a very large football team. That's a big team. Their D-line across the front must be 6'5 across the line of scrimmage. They're enormous. Their old line and Trent Williams didn't even play. Dude, man, they were big. And those wideouts 
We're knocking guys out in the run game. The Eagles don't have that. The one part of the run game that kills Philadelphia, and get this, you guys still ran the ball for 150 yards with scrubs in there on Saturday night against the Cowboys. If I'm the Cowboys, let me say this to you, man. I came away from that game going, so the game was close in the first half. Not the best thing. Yeah, but but, but Samuel, I'm all right with Devontae being small. I'm all right with that. I'm totally cool with that, dude. But you have to have a big-time guy on the other end who's a possession wideout that likes to hit people in the run game. Lamar. Hey, Lamar, watch this. I'm I'm going to go as far as to say this. I don't know, Trevor, if you buy into this, but Gary Cobb and I talked about this in the last hour about uh, Carson Wentz. I will never say one positive thing about Carson Wentz ever again. That guy has to beat a two-win Jags team. He cannot lose like that and play that god-awful. I am completely convinced, completely convinced, there's no way that Carson Wentz would have won the Super Bowl if he didn't get hurt at the Coliseum. I know he was a different guy. They didn't have the book on him. There wasn't really a lot of game film on him yet at the time. The coordinators ended up catching up with him. They caught up with the fact that they found out that he's mentally weak, that he can be rattled. That's the one thing that coordinators found out. Pressure rattles him. He gets rattled. Oh, Cole, he is a bum. You can't lose that game. You can't lose that game. They were going to stack the box. Jacksonville, get this. You know what Jacksonville did? I watched a little of that game. Jacksonville, from the first minute of the game, owned the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They dominated them. Okay? Okay? Lawrence says, Big Seals, your chat is the smartest in the NFL. Oh, they are, man. You guys are great. Lou, Wentz is scared. If the playoffs, he took himself out of the only playoff game he was in now. He won't win the games he needs to going further. I'm with you, dude. Shanteza, I would say this to you. Mike Williams, Mike Williams is a physical wide receiver. Just gets a little bit too banged up. Eric, Wentz isn't a dude, man. He is not. Hey, Alexander, Wentz got shook, man. He totally did. James, Tampa is going to use the same strategy the Jags used against the Colts. Jalen's going to have to make plays. That's the way I say, James, this week could change the narrative for Jalen Hurts and how people perceive him. Can you imagine this? Hurts beats the GOAT. Don't think it's not possible. Tyler Heineke and Trevor Simeon beat the GOAT this year. I get it's the postseason. It's different. I get it. Okay? Feast with Pete. Should the Eagles sign Alshon Jeffries, a postseason receiver that has, oh, my God, I hate that guy so bad. Alshon Jeffries, good night. Give me somebody who likes playing football, okay? I already got an Alshon Jeffries on the team. I don't need another one of those guys. Backyard Bird says it's a shame Frank Wright's going to lose his job over Wentz. Probably. Probably. 
Ernest, I thought that Trevor Simeon won that game against Brady this year earlier, and then I thought Tyson won the second one because I thought the Saints beat the Buccaneers twice this year. One Simeon was starting, and the other was Tyson Hill. If I'm not mistaken, Ernest, I think that's how that played out. Hurts need to make a, pl- a couple of big plays this Sunday and run the ball. Sunday is high of 61 in Tampa. That'll be good. You don't want an 85-degree day for those Eagle guys. Believe me, if that's a thing. If he says, how about Larry Fitzgerald to help with the Eagles passing offense? How about sticking with what you got right now? Not bringing anybody in here. That'd be a disrespect to every guy in that locker room. How would you like somebody to come into your business when you guys had just built the damn thing up and all of a sudden you add somebody brand new who's not been part of the journey? I don't think that's cool. I would hate that. Why don't you just bring A.B. in then? Okay, why don't you just bring Antonio Brown in? Bring at least somebody good in. So to me, once again here, this football team, you're not built like the Niners. Don't compare yourself to the Niners. Don't compare yourself because their running attack has nothing to do with their quarterback. Okay? Their quarterback is not involved in the run game like the Eagles' run game is. It's a different approach. It's tougher what what San Francisco does. Okay? Because what you're doing in Philadelphia with your quarterback, it's the element of surprise with the RPOs. Jimmy G drops back. And what those guys do is they line up and try to knock you off the ball with their backs. They don't do that in Philly. It's more RPO stuff that gets the run game going. Okay? All right, guys, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. I want to hit more on this Buccaneer team. Why this Bucs team? in my opinion, it's not a championship team compared to that championship team of a year ago. Once again, please hit that like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good day, everyone. It's Joe Krause from the Jacob Media Network here at Neck of the Woods. Uh, so excited to introduce Krause's Coke Check, a cold IPA. It's just an incredible thing. I'm in my 18th year of Krause's Coats and with Brian's help and uh, Frank coming together here at Neck of the Woods. Krause's Coke Check, a cold IPA, was born on this day. We'll celebrate it on January 11th, and everyone is invited to enjoy or to meet and experience the entire Jacob Media team, and also experience Krause's Coachette, a cold IPA. Gentlemen, a toast, I think, to you for producing Krause's Coachette here at Neck of the Woods. Cheers. Cheers.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy Dan Cilio. Trust Matthew Stafford? I don't. Are we sure he's better than Jared Goff? Are we? I mean, look at the tragic mistakes he's made down the stretch here for the Rams. That's a very talented football team. Do you trust that guy? Something about Matthew Stafford, dude. I mean, right? Forces the football into tight windows. He's got a little Phillip Rivers in him. Feast with Pete. Watch this. He may not throw as nice a football as Matthew Stafford, but his results are better. With Sean McVay, I don't know. I mean, look, they what they win twelve ball games this year. They won a lot of games, man. That's right, Jeremiah. Play, he won an NFC Championship game. Matthew Stafford hasn't won a playoff game yet. Lawrence, I got Arizona too. I don't think Arizona has played good ball. They got beat by Seattle in the final week, but you know, again, it could be just a layup game. But Arizona kind of played a lot of their guys. Um, you know, I mean, I, then, then I watched the Rams game against the 49ers. I saw him making critical mistakes at the end. I was like this. I don't know. It just, it just made me do this. So a couple things I took away from the final week of the NFL season. You know, the Cowboys beating up on the Eagles twos and threes and scout team guys. Then they go around and they're blowing their horn like, oh, Dak, look at the winning. I got to show you guys something. The difference between the winningest Cowboys in history and the guys with all the stats. Do you know the guys that are the top three quarterbacks in Dallas Cowboy history? Do you know who they are in passing yards? It's Tony Romo, it's Dak Prescott, and it's Danny White. It's not Roger Stallback. It's not Troy Aikman. Those guys are the most accomplished. The other guys are guys that put up big numbers, but no wins. How many wins does Tony Romo have in the postseason? Two? Is it two? I I can really only remember one. They got jobbed in that game in Green Bay. That was a catch that Des Bryant had. I always thought that jobbed them into going into the NFC Championship game. But if you look at their top passers in history, well, this guy, two, he's got two feasts. 
two playoff games in 17 years. Tom Brady's got more postseason wins in one season in the NFC than what Tony Romo did in 14 years with the Cowboys. Yeah, Chris, he holds all the records, but no wins. Thank Mike. Appreciate you coming aboard. Please, guys, hit the, hit the like button. Smash on that bad puppy for us, man. You guys have been fantastic. Ah, man, I thought that was a catch, man. I thought Des had that. Again, I just, I, I, I thought that was a catch. Then they redefined the catch the next year. I don't know, man. I just don't know, man. It's just Matthew Stafford. I don't know if I trust him. Hey, big picking. Dallas has a lot to prove, but they're blowing their horn like, oh, yo, you know, this is a great way for us to go into the postseason. They're going to get run off the field by the 49ers. You watch. You watch, my friends. San Francisco is a freight train. They're better than that record. They are. They wobbled at the beginning of the year. You know why? You know my opinion? Organizationally, why they wobbled San Francisco at the beginning of the year? And I'll make a comparison to the Eagles here. Look at what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were doing at the beginning of the year with the 49ers. They were debating Trey Lance. They were doing Jimmy G. They handled that whole thing shitty. And finally, when they came to the realization, they went, we're going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. We got to win some ball games here. Trey Lance, we'll deal with him down the line here. We got to win some games. And they started winning games. You know they were 8-3 and three after the midway point of the season? Do you know the Eagles are 7-4 and four after week 8? The Eagles are 7-4. and four. Only the Niners had a better record. But the Niners got their shit together. Oh, we're here. We're this. This is how we're going to win games. The Eagles had to go through getting to know each other, new coaching staff, new terminology. Players didn't even know what the hell was going on. Everybody finally, within a matter of a two-week span, ended up getting on the same page. And ever since week eight, they're seven and four. Ernest says getting Kittle back. Absolutely. He's the heart and soul of that team. Anthony says, do you see an upset with the Eagles versus the Buccaneers this weekend. I do. But they've got to do it exactly. Anthony, the Bucs can get down by 21 points and still win the game. The Eagles can't. You don't have a quarterback that can throw yourself out of trouble. Mahomes is a throw-you-out-of-trouble quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is a throw-you-out-of-trouble quarterback. Guys like that. You can get down, but... You're still in it. Lamar and Jalen, you can't get down. You, you spot a team 10 points like you did in two of those Washington games, Brady will eat you alive. Can't have penalties. Can't have turnovers. Hugh says stall back would eat Romo's lunch all day. Uh, bro, Tony Romeo is – Nowhere to be in the same zip code as Roger Stallback as a quarterback. Same thing with Troy Aikman. Not in the same zip code. Feast with Pete says, how do the Eagles win this game? What's your strategy? Bro, you have got to win the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the football. You can't let Zeke. Hey, and guys, I want to show you something, too. So Zeke went over 1,000 yards. He's got 1,002. Do you know what that is with a 17-season um, 
schedule. Do you know what that? Do you know what that translates to? That's fifty-eight yards a game. Are you going to pay a guy fourteen million dollars, fifteen million dollars a year to get fifty-eight yards a game? Getting a thousand yards in the NFL any longer, unless you're doing it at four and a half a clip, which I guarantee you he's not. That's not worth it to me. Ezekiel Elliott had a, a thousand two yards in seventeen ball games. Bro, that's fifty-eight yards a game. Come on, son. Got to be better than that. Fifteen million dollars a year. Got to be way better than that. I want to know yards per carry. Are you at four five and better? If you're at four five and better, I want you on my ball team. That means we're moving the sticks. And that's how the Eagles have to move the sticks. By the way, if you get a three and out, fine. Don't stop the clock and get three and outs. Guys, do you know what you're trying to do? Can I tell you what you're trying to do here against the Bucs? You're trying to win the clock and time of possession. You want it to come down to one series. Don't give the Buccaneers 10 series to try to score points. They'll kill you. Three and outs on passing plays in series are brutal. Three and out with three runs, clock burns, five minutes off the clock. You're winning, you're winning the time of possession and most likely field position. Don't give field position up with incomplete passes like you did a year ago with Wentz. That's how you get three and six put on you immediately and you're behind on the scoreboard. Then you start to play behind the chains and you're playing catch up and it's over. Can't do that. Oh, Cole, they've got to get at least two turnovers. Yeah, hey, Bobby, Zeke will not be a Dallas Cowboy unless he restructures that deal. Okay? That's pretty cool right there. Only 55 subscriptions to 10K. Thanks, everyone, for making our network really just grow. And by the way, our show is just blowing up. Please hit the like button. We really appreciate it, guys. Sack fumble, baby. Sounds like my go, my guy, Coach O. Dude, Lou. But Dallas overpays, man. But, Lou, you know how they're getting away with it? Watch this, Lou. You got a guy making $18 million? The other guy makes $800,000 a year, Tony Pollard. So they look at that and go, yeah, $26 million between two players and both are productive. One's more productive than the other. That's how they look at that room. They look at those two guys and go, $26 million, I can live with it. For this year, Will the Beast says, Brian Flores needs to come to Philadelphia and be the D.C. Bro, if they beat the Buccaneers this week, Jonathan Gannon is going nowhere. Feast with Pete. They need to call Malcolm Jenkins to ask for advice. And the Saints and all that and how the success that they had on Brady, especially the last two years. Absolutely, dude. Timothy says, do you think the coaches watch the Saints game and are using – absolutely, Timothy. That's what we would do. Here, here watch this. Timothy, here, here's the games. Leonard, appreciate you coming to the program. Thank you. Winning formula. Run the ball. Take time off the clock. Keep Brady on the sidelines. Simple. That's it right there in a nutshell, my friend. Here, here, here be the games. Both Saints games. Okay. Both the Saints games for sure. 
in any any game, I, I'd look at that Washington game that Heineke won. I, I I take a look at what Washington's defense did. Okay, they ran the ball and they moved Brady off his spot many times in that game. By the way, would I take a look at the Super Bowl against Brady? You bet I would. See, got to remember something about Tom Brady. Do you think Tom Brady's changed his approach on how he wins a ball game? You think he's changed his approach since 2000? I think that's a great question. Do you guys think Tom Brady's changed his approach since 2017? Why would he? He's won seven Super Bowls. Why would he? Okay? Think about this. This guy's won 10 conference championship games, seven Super Bowl titles. Ten conference titles he's won. Why would he change? For the fucking Eagles? It's not changing. So that Super Bowl's relevant. Remember something always about Tom Brady. He's a slot passer in a seam guy. Tight ends coming up the seam. That's why Gronk and Aaron Hernandez were so essential in moving the sticks when they had the tool, they had the dual tight end set there. Aaron Rodgers turns out to be a freak show. They had to scrap that because they never found another possession tight end as good as Aaron Hernandez. That two tight end set was going to be something that was going to destroy the league. It was already destroying it. Then, then Aaron Hernandez went off the deep end, and that kind of blew that thing up. And so what did they do? They created more offense out of the slot position. Wes Welker was a special teams guy with the Dolphins. Okay, he was a special teams guy. He gets to New England. This guy's an 800 catch guy. Amendola and Edelman, those guys were like nobodies in college. He loves the slot. You've got to overprotect the slot and don't let Gronk get free releases. See, this is where I think that there's a mismatch in the Eagle defense. I don't think you have a linebacker that could stay with Gronk. So you're going to have to slide a strong or free safety over on the help. Brady's going to know that. You could see a lot of backs coming out of the backfield making plays because he's a dink and dunk guy. He's thrown more passes this year than any time in his career. So you've got to defend that. He's going to try to spread you out immediately to create space for Gronk and that slot position. Big picking. Man, I think you've got to, I think you've got to face him up, man. I don't think you could just let him release. You let him release on a free safety, he owns that matchup. That's what made the, the, the defenses that New England always struggles against is a Tampa 2. But you've got to have a Ryan Shazier. The Steelers ran a Tampa 2-style defense because Shazier could play the run and the scene. When they lost him, that hurt that defense for a decade. Derek Brooks who played that Tampa 2 on that Tampa defense, could play the run, could play the scene. When you get a linebacker that can do that and is multiple like that, Ray Lewis had a little of that, and Ray was a big dude, but he still could do – he could play tight ends. Ray ran a 4-5. Okay? When you 
I just don't think the Eagles match up on Gronk. Now, you could see Brady, there was an emphasis the last two weeks to get him going because he knows he's limited on the wideout positions. Goodwin's down, A.B.'s lost. Mike Evans is banged up. Now you're playing with Perriman. You're playing with um, another guy that they have out there. Kid Jones, I think it is. You're limited out at the wideout spot. So backs and tight ends and Mike Evans are going to be. If you let Gronk go up that seam, it will be a nightmare. Spot, appreciate you coming aboard. Please, guys, make sure you hit the like button. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, help me out here, man. What's the name of the big nose tackle for the Bucks? Vieva? I think that's it. I think that's the kid's name, right? Vita Vea, that's it. Vita Vea. Heck of a football player. Gets banged up a lot. Guy gets, guy gets banged up in there. But he is a run-stopping machine. Thank you, guys. Dude, he is a big-time beast in the middle. But I think that the Eagles have the old line to control him. Sills. <laughs> Sneak design with that helmet up there. Hey, Chris, will you get, I'll tell you what. For this week, I may have to take the helmet down and put the Canes helmet up. Is that okay? I told you this. That's my buck helmet. And Leroy gave me that. I think Sue is playing. I'll put the cane. The cane's helmet will be up tomorrow. Dude, I'm a hurricane. <laughs> okay, that's what I am. I'm a Miami hurricane. I played seven years of professional football. Okay, but I'm a hurricane. I think, if I'm not mistaken, aren't the Buccaneers eight and a half favorites going into today? I think it's eight and a half. No bucks this week. Jesus, you guys are just too much. Hey, wait a minute. Should I should should I get should I get a couple Buccaneer people on this week? Jeez, <laughs> hey, who's that guy? Who's Hank Stram? No, Brad Sham. Who's Hank Stram? He's the voice of the cow. It's Brad Sham. I had people going on my Twitter page going, "Hey, no more Hank Stram. Hank Stram's dead." Okay, it's Brad Sham. Brad, <laughs> Matt Hatter goes, "We don't care." Yeah, right. With Sewell Robinson, thank you. Oh, hey, hey, and one more. Merrill Lynch. Oh, speaking of that, Merrill Reese will be with us tomorrow at 4.30. Wednesday, Dave wants that. We'll talk NFL. Thursday, Jay Glazer. Seth Joyner on Friday. So, and David Hill will be with us, the guy who created NFL Fox Football. Whole cast of other guys are trying to run down Tony Bruno, too. So, yeah, yeah, Hugh, thank you. Russell Robinson, thank you. Trust me. Here's the two things that will not be Wentz. Wentz conversation. Seals, I told you I was right. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who, who, who? Now you guys sound like Angelo and Howard Eskin. I told you I was right. This guy went socks. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. That's right, baby. Lawrence, tomorrow, 430, man. Our good friend Merrill Reese will be with us. Wentz, Rasul Robinson, 
and Merrill Lynch. Those are my three F-ups. And I get hell to it. Where's Dawkins at? Work it. Holy on to me. Oi. You sound like my wife now. Holy cow. Well, you know, it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's that mean? You know, we're digging out. We're digging out. Yay, right? Well, it's the second Christmas in a row. I know. I get it. Xander! <laughs> oh, man. Jeremiah Trotter. I forgot. About... I got to find out how good he is on the air, Jeremiah Trotter. Sills, you know I love you, bro. But last week, when you had the voice of the Dallas team on, I turned your show off. Please, no more cowgirls. <laughs> hey, Actar, kudos to you. <laughs> I don't give a shit about the Cowboys. I don't care about anything else. I don't care what they're doing in San Francisco. I don't give a shit what they're doing in Chicago. Personally, I don't give a shit what they're doing north of 95 of Philly. Could care less in Virginia. That the road was blacked up, blocked, backed up. Nobody could get across because of the train. I don't care. Okay? I don't care. Merrill Lynch is bullish on America, like the TV commercial says. Thank you, Robert. You think, you think Merrill Lynch, Reese, is bullish on the Eagles this weekend versus the Buccaneers? God, you guys, man. Chris Long, I've had him on before, and I'm working on him. Believe me, I'm working on him. It's taken me this long to get Jay Glazer on. It's taken me quite a bit of time to get uh, Jay on. Oh, by the way, do I still have – I'm trying to get Bruce Arians. I deleted it. Damn. I have to go through PR. Dan don't like going through PR. All right, let me take a timeout. Some of the playoff matchups. I'm going to give you thumbs up, thumbs down, okay? Hit the like button. Thank you guys so much. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good day, everyone. It's Joe Krause from the Jacob Media Network here at Neck of the Woods. Uh, so excited to introduce Krause's Coat Check, a cold IPA. It's just an incredible thing. I'm in my 18th year of Krause's Coats and with Brian's help and uh, Frank coming together here at Neck of the Woods. Krause's Coat Check, a cold IPA, was born on this day. We'll celebrate it on January 11th and everyone is invited to enjoy or to meet and experience the entire Jacob Media team and also experience Krause's Coat Check. A cold IPA. Gentlemen, a toast, I think, to you for producing Rousey's Coat Check here at Neck of the Woods. Cheers. Cheers. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Back, National Football Show, Big Show. By the way, for some of you that are new to the program, when I said Bruce Arians on the program, he's already been on twice. And anytime I ask for him, but it's playoff week, you got to understand something. There's a lot of national commitments, and it's not run by the teams. It's run by the league, the postseason. So a lot of the times that the coaches and players, they're under like – NFL media. They're not just under the Buccaneer media. The Bucks and the NFL media kind of handle everything. Like when you guys pay for tickets for the Eagles or the Steelers or whomever, um, and they make it to the postseason, those tickets are offered to season ticket holders, but it comes through the league. So, so it, it it's not as easy to get these guys on in the postseason. There's a lot of national um, requirements in, so we'll see if we get Bruce. He said that I'm go- I had to go through the PR, Brian McMur- um, McMurphy, too, so I have to go through his ass, too, and so it's, it just takes forever to get those guys on, and I don't know if I'm going to put that much effort into it because they'll, they'll not come on, and then you put all that effort in, and I could have got Seth Joyner on. Put the Bucks helmet in the bathroom this week. Hey, Chris, that's the 17th time you fucking said that to me. I got it. Okay? I got it. All right? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to put my hurricane helmet up. Is that all right? Yeah, that's right, Hugh. I knew that. He's a Temple head football coach. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a lot of love for Philadelphia. I know he does. He said it to us when he was on last. He he really does. Hey guys, I'll tell you this, man. I I I got it. I of all the teams over the weekend, I was the most impressed with two: 49ers and the Raiders. 49ers and the Raiders. I can't believe the Raiders have gone through what they went through, and they end up punching their ticket to the postseason. And by the way, Brandon Staley, holy shit, guy. The Raiders were going to run the clock out. He calls a timeout. I was like this. Oh, my God, you lost the game. Look. Look how close that stuff is. One bad call by a coach cost them the chance. The Raiders were going to run the clock out. They were cool with it. And that guy calls that timeout, gave him a chance for a play, 
It saved their timeout. Kick a field goal. Game. Dude, that's how close it comes down to. I could not believe he did that. I mean, it was inside a minute, and they were running it down. There was no way that the Raiders were going to try to lose that because they were – Derek Carr has to win a playoff game. Derek Carr wants to play in the playoffs. You're not jeopardizing a chance to go and punt the ball away where you get a block punt and all of a sudden it goes the other way and you're out. You're not doing that. That thing was absolute. Then he tried talking about, well, we wanted to get our our best player. Dude, they were not going to even change up personnel, the Raiders. Man, I'm watching that thing. I When I said the Chargers called the timeout, why? Game was over. You And you could see the players coming across the field when they were talking to the Charger guys. You could see the Raider guys going, dude, we're going to run the clock out. That's all everybody was talking about on the sidelines is that they were going to run the clock out. Both teams would get in and knock Pittsburgh out. Everybody in Pittsburgh was like, holy shit, the worst thing's happening here. Oh, and by the way, it all started at the behests of the poor play by Carson Wentz not winning that Jags game. Holy cow. Then it would have just, you know, what a train wreck. Absolute train wreck. Steelers live another day because Carson Wentz. Thank you. Oof, man. Dude, your coach right there shows you in a nutshell how you could just – that's why coaching in the NFL is so important. In the college game, it's not quite as important. If you've got a great recruiting coach he's and you've got a budget where you have – here's the thing in Alabama. This is what Alabama and Georgia have tonight that the other colleges don't have. Well, I would say this, teams in the SEC do. Do you know what Alabama – what do you think Alabama has over every other school? What do you think it is? Why do you think they're so dominant? Why do you think Alabama's so dominant? By the way, have you ever taken a look at Nick Saban's record at um, Michigan State? Won 60% of his games. He was a bomb with the Dolphins. You see them other places? He was decent at Toledo. He was no world beater. He gets to Alabama. Mal Moore hires the guy, and you know what he tells him? I don't care what it costs to get this program back on the Bear Bryant level. I don't care. The best assistant coaches, they make 2 and a half to $3 million assistant coaches. That's more than probably 70% of the head coaches in the country when we're talking head coaches and salaries, there's 135 Division I programs, okay? I can promise you, coaches don't make $3.5 million a year at places like San Diego State, San Jose State, okay? Maybe Boise, you might make four, five. That's what a coordinator at Bama makes. The recruiting coordinators. Nobody went to Alabama before Saban. But because it's 87% admittance, and by the way, they don't take everybody, but that's set up so that when Saban wants 20 kids, he gets 20 kids. The school works with the athletic department in the football program. 
Miami's just now doing it. Ohio State is – that's why Ohio State is better than Michigan because they do Alabama things. It's why Clemson and Dabo Sweeney have a great program. It's because they do Alabama things. Nick gets the best kids to go there because you know what he tells them now? I'm going to make you a millionaire. Same thing Jimmy Johnson used to tell us. I'm going to make you a millionaire. You're going to go to the NFL and you're going to play 10 years. That's what Saban has. Offense and defensive schemes. Are you kidding me? Really? People question Bill O'Brien all year long. People question Bill O'Brien's offensive approach the entire year in Tuscaloosa. Getting beat by A&M. Okay. Happens at the SEC. No shame in that. Okay. No shame. Saban's the greatest recruiter. And he's at the best situation. Plain and simple. He couldn't do that at Notre Dame. Maybe now you get to do it at Southern Cal. Georgia, you get the same thing. The problem with Georgia is this. You know, they haven't won a national title since 1980. Herschel Walker. You spend the amount of money that you spend, and you haven't won a national championship since 1980, and you get some of these other programs that have won national titles, and you haven't. Even Michigan freaking split a national championship. You couldn't? Why? That program under Mark Rick, or if it was Kirby Smart, they haven't duplicated the same type of success they had since Vince Dooley was there. And remember something. Vince Dooley had a five-year run, really, with Walker. The rest of them were, I don't know, always looking up at Bam and Auburn and Tennessee. They might win, Feast. They might. I think the game will be closer. But when you play against somebody, when we played against Florida State back in the day when Florida State was great, they had Dion and all them dudes. We always beat them. Wide right, fumble. The Gators were our real opponent. We were 2-2 two and two against them. It was always back and forth with those two. Florida State, we had their number. Alabama's in that program's head because you know why the old sphincter muscle starts to get a little tight. Okay? Hey, man, they're doing it to us again? Holy cow. And it happens. 30-20 tonight. Maybe 30-21. It'll be closer. I think it's closer. Georgia's got to get pressure on Young. Got to get pressure on him. If they don't get him on the ground, Alabama leaked them up again. Alabama's been through the wars. Beat Auburn. Won the SEC title game. Now you get a shot at a repeat. Ali Frazier, too. Take your best shot. Bama wins this bad puppy. By the way, Merrill Lynch-Reese tomorrow at 4.30. He'll be with us. We'll talk some Eagles and Buccaneers. Big week lined up, man. We got a boatload of celebrities stepping in with us, too, so... Really, guys, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. You guys have been just absolutely special, man. Thank you so much. Don't forget if you missed any of the Gary Cobb interview. Gary was kind enough to change it from 530 to 430. He was spectacular. So we thank you again. Watch it. Share it. We'll catch you tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern time, and we'll see you on the flip side.